0: You're listening to the Banner Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. We believe that Jesus Christ brings hope and healing to hurt and lost people, to, to every person. Every person, Jesus has come to bring you from the wayside of sin. Onto the way of hope and healing, and I and I want to explain what that means by telling you the story of blind Bartimaeus. Sometimes there's names that are just so good. I, I love the name Bartimaeus because it's fun to say. If you're at your home, you're sitting in your living room, uh, maybe you have your headphones on, and you just you just need to say it with me and just say the name Bartimaeus and really emphasize the B Bartimaeus and. It's interesting that we're given the name of Bartimaeus because in all the synoptic synoptic gospels, meaning Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's the only guy who's healed like this who we get his name. And so Bartimaeus is an interesting person, but I think it's even more interesting because of what it means to you and I. Bartimaeus is interesting to us because we are Bartimaeus, and so I want to read this scripture to you because I think it's powerful. Here's what it says. If you brought your Bible, go to Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. If you didn't bring your Bible, we have the Bible app available in the comments, and you can just click there. I'm going to be reading from ESV, so if you're reading online or from your Bible, and it's NIV or whatever it might be, New King James or something, it might be a little different, but it's all Scripture. It's all the same. We're going to follow along together. So Mark 10, verse 46, it says this. It says, and they came to Jericho, and as he, meaning Jesus, was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, it says, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. Bartimaeus we are, we encounter him in this moment it says Jesus was was walking through the city he's leaving Jericho and he's leaving and he's surrounded by a great crowd of people everyone focused you know on getting something from Jesus on getting close to Jesus he made a you know made a big deal wherever he went and it says uh, the crowd is following him but Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside Bartimaeus is essentially he, he's basically this quintessential outsider Bartimaeus was disabled. He was blind. In fact, he gets called blind Bartimaeus in scripture. So he was blind. He has a disability, which culturally put him on the outside. And culturally, because he was blind, often the job that blind people would do is they would beg for money in specific places. And so as a disabled person uh, w- with blindness in the culture he lived in, he would go out and he would beg uh, for, for money. And so in many ways, he was considered an outsider. He was considered unwanted. Culturally, uh, people would have considered him uh, kind of difficult. They would have considered him a problem because the world seems to always look at what you can bring to them, right? In the world, it's all about what you bring to somebody is your value. It's all about what you bring to someone. So if you're disabled, if you're poor, then you're kind of put on the outside because you're not special enough to get that notice from culture. And this is where Bartimaeus was. It reminds me of this book, Uh, You Are Special. My mom, uh, she's been recording some videos for my daughter because she's practicing social distancing. And so she's been recording these little snippets of books. And she recorded this book called You Are Special. And in the book, there's these kind of puppet creatures, and they're all painted, and they look nice. And they live in this village, but every day they go out, and they have star stickers and dot stickers. And so if you're good looking, you get a star. If you're talented, you get a star. If you do something really good, you get a star. But if you're clumsy, you get a dot. If your paint is chipping, you get a dot. If you aren't outgoing or maybe someone just doesn't like what you are the energy or the vibe you're bringing, you get a dot. And so this one character is just, doesn't feel special at all because he is covered with dots. And he is completely on the outside. And what's amazing is he doesn't uh, really understand what this means till he goes and he meets the maker. See, the same thing's happening with Bartimaeus. If Bartimaeus was in that story, Bartimaeus would have been covered in dots. But here's what happens. Mark 10 verse 47. If you're with me, type amen, and one of our hosts will amen you, and we can all amen together. It says this, verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Why does he call him the Son of David? Was that one of Jesus' nicknames? You're like, I didn't know Jesus had so many nicknames. Jesus Christ, Jesus Messiah, Jesus Son of David. Well, it's actually not a nickname. Jesus Son of David was a title, and it was applying to a prophecy. So when Bartimaeus declares this out, what he's declaring is actually not something that is Jesus' name per se, like a last name, but is a title that he is affirming about Jesus. Let me explain. The Israelite people had been believing since it was promised to David that there would be a son or a descendant from the line of David who would be a savior to the people of Israel. And so... They've been waiting since 2 Samuel 7, 11 through 14, when the promise was made, waiting for God to raise up a descendant of David. And this son of David would bring hope, healing, and restoration to Israel. What's interesting, though, is they thought he was going to come as a warrior. They hardly expected some poor carpenter who wandered around breaking the Sabbath laws. What's amazing to me as I read the scripture is that in a crowd full of people who could physically see the only person who could spiritually see was the guy who was physically blind and He could spiritually see that this is Jesus the Messiah So he cries out Jesus son of David and what he's really crying out is Jesus the Messiah the promise the fulfillment of the promise who can bring healing and wholeness to our lives, to our nation, to our bodies, to our souls. Jesus, Messiah. Mark 10, 48 says this. But many rebuked him, telling him, be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I think it's amazing. Uh, Just imagine this man for a moment, because what you have to imagine is a blind man with a big crowd of people who knows that Jesus is nearby because he's heard about them. He's heard about him passing by, but he doesn't really know. So maybe Jesus is over here, and uh, maybe uh, Bartimaeus is over here. And so Bartimaeus is shouting. He's like, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And so the people near him in the crowd are like, man, come on, man. I can barely hear what Jesus is saying. And if I can barely hear what Jesus is saying, man, you got to be quiet. we got to hear Jesus. They begin to shush him. They begin to quiet him. They're like, man, don't distract Jesus. They're like, Bartimaeus, you are blind and you have, are poor. What do you possibly have to offer Jesus. Because the crowd always forgets, let me tell you, the crowd always forgets that it is not about what we bring, what we do, what we earn. It is about what Jesus is bringing to us. That's where our value lies. See, this is why, as a church, we're called to give voice to the marginalized. Because you give voice to what you value, and Jesus values every person. So they begin to silence him. Stop making such a mess. Stop making such a big deal. You're just a poor beggar. Be quiet. I can't hear, man. But it says he cried out all the same. Son of David, have mercy. And I can just hear his desperation. He truly believes. He truly believes that the Messiah, the Messiah who can bring hope and healing is about to pass him by. He truly, truly, truly believes that. He believes that the Messiah is about to pass him by. And so he cries out, Jesus, 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 do not pass me by. See, if you're in this place, if you're watching online today, then know that that, that one of my favorite phrases is the kingdom of heaven is not for the well-meaning, but for the desperate. Desperation is the doorway to faith. See, Jesus is not annoyed by messy faith. Jesus is not annoyed by broken people. In fact, look what Jesus does. Mark 10, verse 49. Hit me with an amen if you're there with us today. Here's what it says Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up. He's calling you. Look at that first phrase. Jesus stopped. The phrase there is, Jesus stood still. He stood still in his tracks. The cry of the desperate did and still does get the attention and the heart of Jesus Christ. It said it stopped him in his tracks. There were all these people and all these things to do and all these places to go and all this great mission. And yet Jesus stopped for the cry of one desperate person. Jesus. Is attentive to the cry of the poor and powerless. The cries of the hurting not only move his heart, but his actions. And here's what it says, verse 50 says, they call him, take he's calling you. And it says, and throwing off his cloak, he, meaning the man, sprang up. It means he was, he was sitting down at some point calling. And he, and he came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. The man runs to Jesus. But look how Jesus addresses him. He says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus addresses him personally. See, I love this about Jesus. is He addresses him as a person. He does not address him uh, in, in his brokenness. He does not address him as something just to, to be dealt with. He does not address him as an it. He addresses him as a person. He addresses him in his personhood. What can I do for you? He, he calls out to him as an individual because to Jesus people are not social problems to be fixed. People are not things that have to be dealt with so he can move on to other things. People are people and he loves them deeply see Jesus addresses him personally so that he can respond personally he can respond not as in his disability not as a victim not apologizing for who he is do you see why this is a big deal is because though the world gives different value based off what you bring to the table, so to speak. And they give stars or dots constantly, and they either bring you into the group or push you to the wayside. Jesus gives the same value and access to all kinds of people, regardless of your brokenness, regardless of your hurt and your pain, regardless of how the world values you. Jesus deeply loves you and cares for you individually. He cares for the whole world, but he cares for you. See, you're not part of some uh, bulk package deal. And it's like, well, I, uh, you know, I got Karen, so I also have to get Tina. And I got John, so I also got to get Jack. You know, it's like, well, you know, I just, I just lumped them all in because I died. Or like God told me I had to. And so, you know, Jesus is like, well, I know I'm part of the Trinity and I am God, but God said I had to come down and do this, so I'm just doing it for God. It's like, No. Jesus loves you and cares for you intimately. God cares for all people, but he intimately cares for you. Scripture tells us that he knows the hairs on your head. That's how much he cares for you. See, the easy thing would have been simply to heal Bartimaeus and send him on his way. But to Jesus, remember, Bartimaeus was not a problem to be fixed. He was a person to love, a person to save, a person to restore into a loving, eternal relationship. And so, what does he say in 51? He says, the blind man says to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. Jesus says, what can I do for you? I'll do anything for you. And he says, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. The word there is actually rabboni, which is a different word than rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. Rabbi and I roughly would translate as my teacher. But more specifically, it's not a term that is used to describe humanity it is often a term used to describe God or, or given unto God. So when he's saying Rabboni, it's more of a word that would have been used to God in prayer and would have been like, God, I pray to you, Rabboni, the great teacher, my teacher. And, and this is amazing because he's, when he's praying to, to Jesus, what he's saying is, you are God. He's making a confession with his mouth. He's saying, you are God. See, I don't need a teacher. I need God. Can I tell you in culture, we don't need more ideas. We don't need more more systems. We don't need more structures. We don't need more relief checks. We need more of God. We need Jesus. We need a real God. We don't need fake gods. We don't need fake idols. We need a real God who has real power. And he says, You are the Messiah, which means you're going to bring hope and healing and restoration. And so I pray to you, God, would you heal me? Please make me whole. If you've never experienced um, a desire just for the normal or for wholeness, then maybe this season and this unique season has kind of shown you that a little bit, this desire uh, for wholeness and and even like a sense of normal. Restore me to to just being whole. I heard this quote, uh, for the well, normalcy may seem the bare minimum, but for the ill and troubled, normalcy is God's greatest gift. See, the man just wants to be whole. He doesn't want superpowers. He's not like, make me like the flash, make me fly, right? Make me, uh, give me x-ray vision. He's just saying, make me whole. I don't know if you're watching today from your home. I don't know where you're at, but some of you just need to hear today. And you're praying, God, make me whole. And you need to hear today, God can make you whole. God can bring wholeness in your life. Here's what he does. Verse 52, it says, And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. So God uses the word way here. In, in scripture, uses it two different ways. And... And it means a couple different things. But what he's saying is important, so I want to describe it because it's important to us as individuals. He says first, go on your way, which means like arise and go forth. So he's sending him forward like let's begin a new thing because see, when when you encounter Jesus Christ and he speaks into your life, he gives you new life and he begins a new thing in your life. The old is gone, the new has come. So it's kind of this new moment where he's going forth. And he says to him, your faith has made you well. Some of your scripture, if you're at home or you clicked a different version, it might say your faith has healed you. Both are right, but that made you well and healed. uh, Those are, are the same word in Greek, and I don't speak Greek, so have mercy if you do. But it's the same word, sozo. But sozo is actually used a lot of different ways. And sozo means not only healed, but saved. So it could easily say your faith has saved you. But there's an important dual meaning that's happening here. Because God is a healer, you are healed. But because you have confessed that Jesus is God, your soul has been saved. It's dual purpose. Sozo means to heal physically, but to save spiritually. It's the same word in Romans 10:13. It says, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be so so. Jesus comes to bring both hope and healing. He comes to bring healing in, in the natural, in our bodies, and our families, in our relationships, but hope not only for now, but for the future and for eternity, physical, spiritual, earthly, eternal, a miracle in the moment, and a promise and a security for all eternity. And that's why it says in this moment, your faith has saved you, your faith has healed you, and immediately the man followed him on the way. This last um, version of the way is so important because it's different than go on your way, do your thing. The way that's being used here is the same phrase that is describing about the early church. The early church was called the way. So meaning he begins to follow in discipleship. What is, what is it saying here? It says he begins to follow Jesus. Like practically, like literally follow him. And what's amazing is it, it, it's this full circle thing that Jesus has done because when Jesus encounters him, he is beside the road. But when after encountering Jesus, he is on the way. So when Jesus encounters him, he is by the way. He is cast aside. But when Jesus encounters him and transforms him, he is on the road. He's no longer an outsider. In many ways, he is a disciple. He's the church. See, Jesus did not come just to fix this man. He came to restore him. See, Jesus did not just come to make you less of a problem for your family. Jesus did not just come to to say, okay, you know what, now you're not a pain, or now you've leveled out, or you know what, now I guess, you know, you're part of the thing, so you're not a black sheep. Jesus didn't come just to fix you so you're not a problem, so you're not a burden. That's not the way that Jesus sees us. Jesus deeply loves us. Jesus deeply cares for us. Jesus died for you and I so that we could spend eternity with him you are not a problem to fix you are a life to restore so that you can walk on the path of discipleship with Jesus Christ not only now for all eternity see what's true for Bartimaeus is true for us Jesus didn't come to fix him he came to restore him into relationship that he might experience hope and healing walk with Jesus spend eternity with a God who deeply loves him just like all of us see we are all Bartimaeus We are all and have all been by the wayside. See, some physically, but all spiritually. Hear me again. Some physically, but all spiritually. We all have blindness. We all have sin in our life. We all have pride, selfishness, brokenness, whatever it is. And the easy thing is to hide behind the crowd and let them shush us. But instead, if we call out to God, things would change in our life. Because let me ask you a question. What would happen if you cried out to Jesus today? What if you got desperate in your living room? What if you got desperate in your kitchen or wherever you're watching us online and you just cried out to Jesus? And you said, Jesus, I'm broken. Jesus, I need hope and healing. Jesus, I need restoration. And I don't care if I look a little dumb and my neighbors knock on the wall. I'm like, what are you doing in there? I'm just going to say, Jesus, son of David, bring hope and healing to my life. What would happen? Let me tell you. If you say, Jesus, I need a Savior, bring hope and healing, then in this moment, in your room, God will encounter you with living hope in your life. And he will begin to do a miracle in your life today. If you say, Jesus, I need you as my Savior. Romans three I'm going to read four scriptures as we close. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Romans 10.9-13 says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is what Jesus has come to do for every person. Transform you with the hope and healing of Jesus Christ. To bring you from the outside of hope to the inside. To bring you from the forgotten to the family of God. To bring you from isolation, depression, pain into hope and healing. To bring you from uncertainty about your future into secured eternity. To bring you from the wayside to the way. Today, if you call on the name of Jesus, he will bring you out of brokenness into hope and healing. Healing from your past and a hope for your future. And today, if you receive that hope and healing and say yes to Jesus, I believe and I know that he wants to do a miracle in your life wherever you are. So I'm going to invite you in this moment to bow your heads with me. And I want to pray for you. Today, if you want to say yes to Jesus, we're going to have a team that wants to agree with you. And if you click raise your hand, they're going to they're pray with you and celebrate with you. But if you want to say yes to Jesus, I first and foremost want to pray over you. So bow your heads, close your eyes with me, and let's pray together. You're saying in this moment, yes, I I need need hope and healing, Jesus. I don't have all the answers, but today I choose to follow you. And I want to go from the outside to the inside of your love, and I want to be a part of hope and healing in my life, do a miracle in my life. Let's pray together. Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner. I need a Savior. Thank you for dying for me taking away my sin and my shame and rising again in victory i give you my life please bring hope and healing to my heart today do a miracle in my life i choose today to follow you amen